Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. So a few things on the show today, Aaron. Brian Harson is still the head football coach of the Auburn Tigers. That's awkward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. There was a fascinating piece by David Ubman in The Athletic about name, image, and likeness, so we'll touch on that. But because we've got all that non-football stuff to discuss, we thought we would actually spend a lot of time on the show today talking about actual football games. Are you excited? I am. It makes me excited for the fall. And um, maybe since we do, we do go on tangents sometimes, but it's going to be some hardcore football talk. So hopefully everyone's down for that. Actual games of week number one, we will discuss football games, football teams, players, coaches, things of that nature on a field. Sports not games. Yeah, not just like rules that allow for collectives to be created to raise money to funnel play money to recruits and or drama at Auburn. You get it now. Yeah. So we're going to do that a little bit later on uh, of the show. And we got a few other things planned for you guys as well. So stick around here. Uh, make sure you're checking out the YouTubes as well. Aaron and, and the fam do a great job putting that whole thing up on the YouTube. So make sure you check that out, the socials as well. Uh, however, before we get to our program today, Aaron Dugan, Fringe Element is brought to you by Jasper's, a restaurant that apparently has a really good breakfast looking flatbread of some sort that I'm staring at online that I haven't tried, but I really want to. And I think there might be vanilla ice cream on top of it. Probably it's also some, located on West End. There you go. Also some, I think some chocolate in there as well. You have been talking about it for the better part of an hour, like before the show, during the pre-show meeting, you were talking about it. You've been talking about Jasper's flatbreads for a while. I mean, the, pi- the pizzas is are that great. What it, what, which thing is it? Is it the Megan's beignets? Yeah, it doesn't look well, like a beignet. No, it, the Megan's beignets are also spectacular as well. She's from New Orleans, the pastry chef at Jasper, so you should check that out. Um, I just had one of the new vegetable, like hippie. It's called like the hippie flatbread or whatever. Just had that the other day. The wife and I loved it. So go to Jasper. I want to know what this is. I'm not over it. Go to Jasper's. Check it out. It's fantastic. It's over on West End. It's the next evolution of the sports bar. Great happy hours, all that stuff, free parking. Okay, so. Uh, Thanks for nothing. I asked you last week on the show, like, how would you respond if you saw a statement from Auburn saying that Brian Harson was still the coach? And we're not going to spend too much time on this. I've got one theory I want to float past you, but they did put out a statement. They did keep Brian Harson. He will be the head football coach at Auburn. I am shocked. You said you would be shocked. How shocked are you? I'm pretty shocked. And I am. That had to be a very uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. Um, just not a feel good, not a feel good moment, except for, I guess, the fact that you don't have to spend $40 million over the course of 14 months. (laughs) That probably feels okay. That is part of my, um, I'm going to call it a working, I'm going to call it this an educated hypothesis, working guesstimate. Okay. (laughs) Of what's going on in Auburn. Is that fair? Did I cover my science, but I get it. Did I cover my ass enough on that one? (laughs) <laughs> you, it was an overstatement at the bare minimum. Um, so do you want to read the uh, statement from, from uh, athletic director, Alan Green, who was supposed to be removed from the process of deciding whether or not Brian Harson is returning as the head coach altogether. Oh, so weird. Yes, I will read it. It states, <clears throat> <laughs> I am confident that the Auburn family will rally behind us. The tremendous, or, sorry, already messed it up. So I'm not an ID. I'm confident that the Auburn family will rally behind the tremendous young men in the Auburn football program, Coach Harson and his dedicated staff who are collectively working towards a bright future. 
I I do appreciate the dramatic interpretation. Uh, I I love the like we'll rally, but the Auburn family will rally behind the tremendous young men. All right, so here's my educated hypothesis, working guesstimate of what's taking place at Auburn. And okay. again, I'm not reporting this. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just floating the theory here, Aaron. Okay. And that is that two things happen in about 11 months at the end of next football season. One, the buyout goes way down. And two, the pool of candidates with which you can pluck a new head coach gets better because Auburn looks better and feels more stable and more people would be interested. To me, that's what's happened here. Um, again, purely an educated hypothesis. Do you actually think it's going to look more stable or does everyone know what's going on? I think everyone knows what's going on, especially coaches and agents, but it's the money factor causing the stability and, and what you just said options. So it's like I a think, fake stability, but I, I think if you spend the next 10 months organizing a little bit, doing some PR sort of smoothing the edges behind the scenes with the agent crowd and all that kind of stuff. Right. Then I think you can, the, the, the job looks a little firing somebody after two years doesn't feel as crazy <laughs> as firing someone after one year. And if it costs you half as much money to me, this was the entire thing because the, the, the big point of this conversation in this theory is that I just don't see how this works out long-term. That's it. I don't, I, do you believe that now Auburn Auburn under Brian Harson is going to turn things around? The Auburn family is going to rally behind these tremendous young men. They're going to out recruit. They're going to build a great coaching staff. They're going to go on and win SEC championships. And he's going to be there for 10 years. No, I think unity is hard enough to build even in the right, in the perfect circumstances. So when you have this much drama and you've already have this much clear disunity between the powers that be at Auburn and the coaching staff and then the coaching staff and the other part of the coaching staff and then the coaching <laughs> staff and half of the players that play for the coaching staff and then disunity amongst the players themselves because half of them like Carson and half of them don't. It's just going to be really hard to get along for all five to six of those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, the price gets cut in half to fire him and your pool of candidates gets a little bit larger in December period. Maybe even November. <laughs> you don't even need to wait till December. Uh, just wait till the day after the Iron Bowl, and we'll see what happens. I can't believe we're sitting here talking about Brian Harson as the head coach at Auburn. I just—it's hard to believe. Well, I, I can't. I can't either. But leave it to. I mean, what was the episode two weeks called? Never a dull moment on the plains. Yep. There you go. So that's true. I also read, and I have no idea if there's any truth to this, but oh, responsible of you. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to report it. <laughs> So it sounded like, although even the the verbiage around it was kind of unclear, um, said obviously firing would cause or would be likely to have ended up in a protracted and thorny legal battle and potentially expose Auburn officials to the discovery process. Mm. My brother was in the room. I was reading this. He watches a lot of crime shows that I know what oh. that is. That's, you know, the, the time in which you have to bring up all the evidence. And he's like, does this mean that <laughs> lawyers like told Auburn that if they started digging too far into Harson, they might expose something about themselves. Aaron, Aaron Dugan's brother reports that he's watched suits before on USA network. And so more than I can say, obviously discovery means that no, 
I mean, yes, you, you, yes, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer either, but I do understand that you are, you are either in the legal process or you are not. And if you are in the legal process, you are subject to all of the processes processes. And if you are not, you're Coach O. <laughs> <laughs> That's ex- very well said. Very succinct and straight to the point. Interesting thing to keep in mind as all of the SEC tends to find itself in some drama. So I guess you have to think about, you know, how bad do you really want to start a process if maybe you did a couple of things that you're not proud of as well? Well, this was, the, Jer- this was the Jeremy Pruitt threatening email to Tennessee, like, be, be, you know, if you don't, if you don't give me some of my buyout, we're going to go scorched earth. And like, it doesn't benefit anybody. Really even, if you, even, even if there's nothing there to be found, it's bad PR. It doesn't benefit anybody. And I have a feeling knowing Brian Harson the way we do that he would not have gone quietly into that good night. So that that's, I, I think you're onto something. They, they, there's a whole lot there, there, and it just makes a whole lot of like this is exactly like Bobby Petrino at Arkansas too, where they spent a week trying to figure out a legal way to keep him, but they didn't, yeah. and so they fired him. This was like we're trying every possible legal way to fire this guy, but it's not worth the risk. We'll just ride it out for nine or ten more months and then fire him when when it costs nine million dollars instead of nineteen, and we've got a, a a more thoughtful coaching search with a more organized set of boosters potentially. What do you like better? Um, like all my boosters or as the village turns, which one do you like better? All my boosters. Okay. All right. Credit. Do to you Peter. like as the village turns? I like as the village turns, but that's because I came up with it and Peter Burns came up with the other one. So whatever. It's fine. That's why I picked it. No, I actually didn't know that. I got a credit. I got to credit my sources here. You know, I don't know how you go back and like, he's talking about how, what a hard week it was. Cause you know, he's like the, the attacks on my character's bullshit and like none of it's who I am. Now you have to just walk back in and be like, all right, here we go again. It's a hard thing to do. Well, he had already sort of, you know, put up like personal and physical walls between himself and the boosters anyway. So like he should be fine in his little safe space there. It should be totally fine. And I'm not, I'm not anti Harson in all of this, by the way, I'm anti, I'm actually not anti anything. I'm pro all of the drama. I've been confused by Harson. I don't, have a strong hatred towards him by any no, means, but no, this, I've been this is confused. An yeah. Well, and I mean, you have to, well, yeah, it makes you wonder. I don't know. I, whatever. We don't know. No, it's too tough. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, Different one language. piece of one, one, there's a piece of news for Missouri fans. We'll get to here in just a second. And we're going to talk about week one football games. Just a little oasis of football conversation in the middle of all this drama in the middle of February. And hopefully it wets the whistle with an H. For football fans. Okay. Before we do that, David Ubbin of The Athletic got a chance to spend a bunch of time, like a week with uh, a company that is based in in and around the University of Tennessee about name, image, and likeness. And he kind of got time, spent time with these guys behind closed doors uh, about how their business model came about. What are they tr- like actually trying to accomplish? The headline is, um, as I'm scrolling here, cars, apartments, and six-figure packages inside the new money field frontier of the college football arms race. And it's, it's, it's about one particular company. Spry sports is the name of the company and sort of their founders and what they're doing. But, but what you need to know about the piece is sort of that this sort of this collective, as he refers to Spry sports, this collective is the thing that's going to be a part of every major university. And the headline is so great in my mind, because really what we're doing in college football is taking 
all the free shit we used to give athletes under the table, right? <laughs> like a washing machine for mom and a tractor for dad and a job for sister and a apartment for brother. And, you know, I want some, a PlayStation and I want a car and I, like all the stuff that we used to give recruits illegally. Now we're just doing it all through these collectives that are now just going to funnel all this stuff to players and make a ton of money themselves. Yes. And here's what I will say. I was dead wrong about one thing, the sort of scope of all of this. I was dead wrong about. I, d- I still do not believe that any very few individual football players are worth $7 million in a single season. And, and what's happening is these collectives have become catch-all organizations for every booster, a small mom-and-pop burger joint in knoxville and and a massive corporation that's got millions of dollars and these little these collectives become hubs that are about 20 25 million dollar a year funnels for recruits and for a, a, a university and if you do not have one of these you will not be competing for top 10 top 15 classes i don't have a problem with it we could argue whether or not it's right or wrong or good or bad but it's definitely here to stay it is the way it's going to happen for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's a great read. You should go check it out. Um, but it definitely pulls back the curtain a little bit on how big it's going to get. You know, we talked about Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M last, last week. It does sort of pull back the curtain. And uh, again, I'm not here to argue, you know, people can have their opinions on NIL. They like it, don't like it. I'm okay with it. I feel like everything's above board now instead of under the table, but like it, you do need to understand it and get used to it. Cause it's, it's part of college football recruiting and it's here to stay. It is. I mean, I, I'm have been all for NIL. I don't necessarily, I think there's gonna be a lot of speed bumps along the way as they figure out the best way to execute this. And I would like, I'm having a hard time just cause it's so new. And even though we know about it again, like you said, it is playing out a little bit differently than some of us, I guess I had imagined. And maybe again, my imagination was just going in the wrong direction, but I'd like to know how these particular companies like Spry, is that a good thing for the student athlete, I would think like strength in numbers. If there's an organization that can organize all of these larger corporations wanting to spend money, I would think that it would be more likely to benefit more players rather than just the players at the top. If they're already doing business with the larger players through Spry and then hopefully Spry can help like negotiate deals for the other guys. So they're not just left out on an Island. So I would think it would help. What do you think? Yes, but I think this goes before they become athletes, like at the school officially. Like this is going to go to this is going to be a part of recruiting, and what like like here was here's but both right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and and it's what you're doing is you're you're guaranteeing a 17 year old recruit of contract is what you're doing. Okay. Is 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 and that's why when you see like oh they've got 20 or 25 million dollars worth of deals for this class, what they're not telling you. Is that it's over four years. That's for 25 or 30 players over four years. So again, it's it's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's it's not $20 million to like four players to come at one time. Like that's not- And that's just that's pre- That's just all the stuff that's happening before. And then there's no limitation necessarily on what can happen while they're in school, right? You just continue to add things on top. This is just pre-stepped on ass- campus. I'm assuming stuff. there's- I'm assuming- that there's a lot, I mean, there's like any contract in any walk of life, you could have like, especially when it comes to advertising and endorsement money, you can have, you, you know, category exclusivity, like, oh, we've got, you know, we've like we got- don't do porn sites. So you mean, no, <laughs> P- 
if a porn site wanted to advertise with fringe element i you know we could we no could I'm, we could talk. no with a college athlete no this is like I, i'm assuming let's say um will levis at kentucky is recruited by kentucky he's a four-star kid he gets signed by kentucky and as a part of his decision to go to kentucky he gets he signs an endorsement deal with their version their collective whatever okay. kentucky's collective is we'll just we're going to use the word collective their collective and in that contract there might be regular language like anybody else an athlete endorsement would be where it says like um you know in this deal you are going to be sponsored by xyz burger joint in lexington you cannot endorse any other food restaurants in lexington you have category exclusivity with will levis which right. is no, or which like is, can you sign with adidas when you're which that, i keep school. wondering about right. this one i no, don't that's, know the answer that's a tricky that's a tricky one the and then maybe i feel like maybe i heard that you could but you can never wear it on campus or yeah, in conjunction that, with athletics yes you could not but how wear, does this work with go ahead if you sign like if bryce young signs an, uh, an adidas contract personally he cannot use any alabama gear and, and I, frankly i don't think you can use any team gear in, in a lot of this stuff anyway um unless mm -hmm. they sort of sign like dual contracts really what you need to know about is sort of how it all functions which is i we thought i don't know how you felt i thought it was going to be an athlete going to a business and and having a contract with the business so whether that's you know you know saw soul kitchen in birmingham that wants to do a deal with the auburn offensive line or if it's walk-ons in baton rouge that wants to do a deal with the starting quarterback at lsu like that's that's how like here's a car dealership in nashville that wants to do a deal with you know a quarterback at vanderbilt that's, I think, how I was looking at it and thinking individually or even as a position group, they're just not worth a whole lot of money in any given calendar year. What this has turned into is there is now a hub of every single Tennessee business that might want to help promote the, the football team can come to Spry, put all of their money, whether it's $100 or $100 million, all into one kitty, and that pool then gets distributed to anybody that could come to Tennessee based on value right and mm -hmm. what they're and what they're saying is that if you want to recruit against bama and ohio state and georgia and texas a&m you're going to need to be in the 20 to 25 million dollar per year fundraising territory yep so it's again it's just a you just have to kind of fix your brain from how you thought about it like bryce young going out and selling himself to a car dealership versus now there's one stop shop for all athletes. They can go to this one company. If you're going to go to Tennessee, you can go to this mm -hmm. one company and say, all right, what am I worth? What can I do? And they'll, I and they'll have a portfolio of, for you. I think I had half of this right, but I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a free market in terms of the agencies. I thought there'd be different organizations that popped up where it's like, oh, we have this many guys from Tennessee that went with Spry. And then we had some guys that went with the equivalent of like what an agency would be. And, you know for a sports agent, I thought they were just gonna, you know, I signed with the, the, like this person or you signed with CAA and I signed with this person. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a lot no, more streamlined. It's pretty, you're, you're pretty close though, because that's the way, like now, obviously when you get drafted, it's one thing you, you don't really negotiate because you're mm -hmm. sort of slotted. But like, if I sign Bryce Young to my agency and I'm his agent, and when he hits the free agent market, my job is to go out and shop every team to get the highest offer for Bryce Young or whatever he thinks is the best offer for him. Th this is sort of the other, like you're saying it, it, that's not the, like you don't sign with this company and then the company shops your skills to all the schools. What this company is doing is working for university of Tennessee without actually working for the university of Tennessee. 
open doors is the one for Nebraska. You know, like, like basically what this means is every single major program that wants to recruit in the top, let's say 15, 20, 25 is going to have to have a collective that, that manages all the NIL data, information, contracts, flow of resources, mm-hmm. and how that's going to end up in recruits hands as they come to campus. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. Godly. And then you stick in like IMG and all the sponsorships. It's just like, I don't know how they're doing all that and the compliance and whatever, but. Well, even the um, two guys, and this was interesting, even the two guys that launched this company in Knoxville didn't see it this way. They thought they were going to go out and represent individual athletes and do what you're talking about. And sort of like, and they learned very quickly that the business model needed to pivot real fast. And it's like, no, 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 no. We, are, we need to be selling to all the businesses that want to support Tennessee athletics. And again, we're just using Tennessee as like the, the placeholder here. Because this, if, if South Carolina doesn't have this, if Kentucky doesn't have this, if Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State don't have this, then you're, you're, you're not doing it. You're not doing it the right way. Like yeah. You, you got to have a big company that goes out and raises money to then distribute that money to recruits so that those recruits come to your campus. Period. That's it now. That's how it works. Jeez. Welcome. Kinda... <laughs> Welcome. Whole new world. Again, I just, I just, like, instead of just giving Derrick Henry a car under the table, just have him sign the contract for the car. Like, I, it, to me, it, it's not really that different. It's just a lot more like legalese and contract stuff and less NCAA probation, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing at all because I do – and I'm thinking about the players. I, I do think that, you know, having it, you know, there'll be guys that got totally left out of NIL in general, if it wasn't for stuff like this. So yep. I'm cool with it. As long I mean, I may learn something down the road that makes me hate it, but right now I, I don't know enough about how it's going to play out to judge it that much. Yeah. Coming up, we're going to talk about week one football. So we're going to put all this to the side. Cause that was a lot of like legal mumbo jumbo. It felt like, and I don't, I, <laughs> I don't think I said one legal term, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Although you did, you, you, you do have a brother that's watched a lot of crime drama, though. Yeah, a lot of it. So there's that. And I watched Zero. Dateline scared me too bad. Were you a Law & Order? Were you too young for Law & Order in the 90s? Um, I think I was too, well, probably, and I just didn't sit still very well. I liked still Law & Order because I was a kid in the 90s, but I do not like any of the acronyms after like that have SVU. come after. Yeah, I, I don't, I have never watched any of that. that it's so crap. disturbing. I'm like a baby about stuff like that. Now, my favorite, how about this? Number one crime drama show of all time. Oh, I bet I know it. It's the Woody Harrelson, True Detective. Ooh, very good guess, though. Sounds your speed. Oh, no, no, you're not right, but that's a damn good guess. That is, okay. I love that. I lo- we love that show. Mindhunter on Netflix. Oh, you have talked about Mindhunter before. I should have known that. The I have ad- not seen it. I don't even know who's in it. The advent, the guy who plays King George in Hamilton. I don't know his name. Oh, been, yeah, yeah. He's been in like a million things. He's very hot right now. Anyway, uh, Mind Hunter was where he got his break. It's it's all about yeah, profiling. It's like, it is my he, favorite crime drama show. It's about serial killers and how we learned that serial killing was like a thing. And this one guy, Agent Holden, like learned how to study behavioral patterns. And like, oh, maybe mental health has something to do with crime. <laughs> Being shamed re- like r- without regard as a child right, might right. make you sadder or meaner. All right, so we'll talk actual football, no more crime drama or serial killing on the pod, we promise. We'll do that Yay. coming up in just a minute when we come back. However, uh, Missouri, real quickly, Steve Wilkes leaves to go to the NFL, their defensive coordinator in Missouri. I don't know if you remember this, Aaron. One of the worst defenses in all of Power 5 football last year. Many Missouri fans wanted him to go. Uh, he did not get fired, but now he has chosen to leave. 
So this is the opposite of Brian Harson. This was like, no, we're definitely going to keep this guy, even though we know you don't like him. And then he just decides to walk away on his own. Uh, Blake Barker, the the assistant that was hired from LSU, looks like he's going to be elevated. So a pretty important switch there for uh, Eli Drinkwitz heading into year number three for the Mizzou Tigers. Just a random offseason note for you folks. Yep. It's good to know. All right. Like to be informed. <laughs> when we come back, we <sighs> will discuss all of the week one football games. Only football when we come back right here on Fringe Element. Fringe Element, a podcast about SEC football and a variety of other topics, including serial killing, is brought to you by Jaspers, the true detective getting to the root of what culinary excellence looks like and making sure to take down all imposters in the food world as well while they're doing that also at the same time simultaneously. Deb does love some good root vegetables. Big fan. Big root girl. Big fan of the root. I do too, actually. I'm a big fan of root vegetables. I like meat, but I also like root vegetables. I'm a multi-purpose meat and root. <laughs> Listen, I I can be like, give me the $35 beef rib that I know is going to take a year off my life. I can be that guy. I can. In fact, you have been many I, times. <laughs> I have many times. In fact, my <laughs> and my five year old is a chip off the old block. She like, she's like, I want to go to Jasper's to get a burger and fries, Dad. And I'm like, okay. That's my girl. Way to go. What she do you want can, for your what do you want for your birthday? I want to go to I want to go eat a burger and fries. She loves that. Didn't y'all sit at the bar? Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she, point she is she need a booster is, seat? But, uh not anymore. Point is she's in the she's in the 89th percentile. Uh Title IX scholarships coming, baby. Just saying. Golly, I could use some of that height. <laughs> um what's interesting though is I also have my like I'm also you know, I'm getting older. I got to make sure I'm watching my, what I eat. And this is the beauty of Jasper's. If you want to have a cheat day, go have yourself a cheat day, man. Get yourself some barbecue pork, sweet potato fries, and a giant smash burger and drink yourself a couple tall, cool, frosty ones and have yourself a cheat day. Or you could go have like a classy lettuce wrap with a pot sticker salad and some shrimp and goodies. Lettuce wrap. And feel healthy. Lettuce wraps. Lettuce wraps are good. They also have, and they're, well, I don't know. I mean, with the amount of ranch I put on things, like I don't know okay. if they go from being kind of healthy to unhealthy, but fried chicken wedge salad is delicious. Ooh, yes. And great with ranch. Uh, I also have a ranch problem. And what's interesting is I do not like mayonnaise much at all on anything. Mm -hmm. But you like aioli. But I love it. Well, I do like aioli, but I love ranch. I also love deviled eggs, mm -hmm. which I do too. I make a mean deviled egg, by the way. Dice up some dill pickles for the mm -hmm. for the kiddos. They love it. Deviled eggs and ranch are mayonnaise-based products. And I do not like mayonnaise. So I realize well, ranch actually isn't always no no no. Ranch is not always mayonnaise-based. Isn't, isn't it just flavored mayonnaise? No, it's it's buttermilk based. Oh. Okay, it's I feel better. I feel, I feel better about my own hypocrisy now. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, you maybe there is a mayo-based ranch, but also that consistency is horrible if it's... Well, that's what I thought. It was. It's a mayonnaise base with like all the seasonings and buttermilk to lighten up the mayonnaise to make it more creamy. I, I don't I, think there's mayo in ranch. This. Is there mayo in ranch? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Go to, if uh, someone you, saw my Google searches, you, it would just be a you, bad day. You do this and I will... Uh, talk about Jasper's. Go to Jasper's. The parking is free. The menu has changed. There's some new menu items on there. Fantastic stuff, whether you like a salad or a flatbread. 
uh, or shareables or an entree. They've got something for you. They got a great Sunday brunch. They got desserts from a pastry chef that's from New Orleans. Uh, they got a grab and go market. As I mentioned, the parking is free. I have. There you go. Parking is free. And from the looks of Aaron Dugan's face, she's about to tell me I'm right. About, well, it depends. About ranch also, dressing. it says, okay, hold on. Wait, it says, what makes ranch ranch? It's a combination of creaminess from buttermilk, sour cream, and sometimes mayo. Mm. And in her in herbaceousness, wow. No, that was a word. Might not be. Why not just, parsley, why not just say herbal? Herbal. Herbal. The essence. Okay, parsley, thyme, dill. Okay, but here's what it, another thing that it says, and then we're going to get off of this if we must, but. Go to jail. Um, it says buttermilk, salt, garlic, onion, whatever herbs. And then it says mix into a sauce based on mayonnaise or an other oil emulsion, which I didn't know I hated the phrase oil emulsion until right now. Yeah. It sounds like a personal problem. Okay. Something you should have a doctor look at and maybe have removed. A fine dispersion of minute droplets of one liquid or another. <laughs> you know what an emulsion is. You've been to nice restaurants. You're a fancy person. In which I don't know what an emulsion is. They have lots of sauces and emulsions at Jasper's, but they're delicious and they're spectacular. All right, Aaron, do you want to talk about actual football? Like at, like real games? I do want to do that. All right, because that... I, don't get me wrong. I love the drama at Auburn. And I love the sort of ever-changing landscape that we are in right now. I, I, I do think that we're going to look back on college football in like 25 years and be like, you remember 2020 through 2022? <laughs> like, not not for, for not for pandemic reasons, but for like playoff expansion, conference realignment, name, image, and likeness, Supreme Court yeah. rulings. Like, it's just going to be a really crazy time, and it'll all work itself out, and we're going to be fine on Saturdays. But I do think we're going to look back on these couple of years and just be like. WTF, man, like WTF. So energy trends towards chaos. All right. Number one, we're going to talk week one SEC football games in February for games that will not take place until the first week of September. So Correct. things could change between now and then. Number one question for you is can we get Fringe Element and all your fancy friends who are all over the fancy socials? to go to the Vanderbilt at Hawaii game week zero, August 27th. Can we do our show from the islands? I would love that. I actually had this discussion with a bunch of Vandy friends a while back and we all talked about doing it and it's, well, I guess we still can. Maybe it only feels like it's sneaking up because we're talking about it in February. We have plenty of time, but also the fancy friends sure. that you're talking about, they're two different categories. That's that's true. Braden's talking about people that are influencers and but most of my Vanderbilt friends are in a small New York high rise, <laughs> like married working to, 18 hours a day. Married to Dansby Swanson. Um, no, here can, can, here's what I would honestly ask you in a, in a moment of seriousness. Why would you and your close friends not plan a trip to go watch Vanderbilt football at Hawaii as like a vacation in August? Why would you not do that? There's no reason why we wouldn't. I think we still will. I'll plan it. I'll end up planning it. I'm just accepting it. Are you the Are you that person in the group? Not always, but with a football game, I would be. Yeah. All you need is like what four people? Just you need three other people to say yes. Yeah, but all the guys that played there that were my grade will go. It, it won't be a hard sell. We'll just do a reunion because we didn't get one last year. See, there you go. 
See, now I'm helping you plan. I'm your, I'm your, I'm your planner. Here. Thank you, Braden. All right, Actually, so, it's our but, ten year. Holy shit. Yeah, you're old, dude. Uh, wow. I know you don't admit it, but you are. Vanderbilt at Hawaii, week zero, August 27th. That's the first SEC football game of 2022. My if you don't count the weekend. national championship. Um, so week one, 14 games. There are a lot of games. We're going to try to touch on all of them here. Some more than others. Number one game you are most looking forward to in February <laughs> on September 3rd is the weekend is the Saturday. So just start counting the days down. It's probably like 187 days or something. I'm just throwing that out there. Number one game you cannot wait for week one SEC calendar 2022. What do you think mine's going to be? Uh, you're, you like to go off the board a little bit. So I could see you doing like Memphis at Mississippi State because you're a Memphis girl and there was a lot of drama between those two teams last year. No, I feel and like I'm Mike, Mike Mike killed in Memphis gear if I go to that game. Mississippi State's Mike Leach is fascinating to watch. Good quarterback, Will Rogers coming back. I could see you being counterculture and being hipster and going that direction. Um, that's not what I was going to pick, but we should, should we talk about that one since we already kind of are? Do you want to? How do you feel? Yeah, about we that? can. This is the beauty of talking about football in February. We, there are no rules. <laughs> there are no rules. In fact, we're kind of breaking them by doing this. Um, very controversial game. Obviously, Memphis came out with the win last year, was at that game. Um, although it was exciting for me, I feel like it would be slightly more intimidating to show up to Mississippi State and Memphis gear. I mean, I would do it. Absolutely. Um, but you the... danced on the sidelines of how many SEC football stadiums wearing <laughs> the opposing team's gear. That's yeah. Like that's at, true. Least four to, at least four <laughs> times a year. <laughs> and if you're at Tennessee, you'd ever know you might get very heavy, large inanimate objects thrown at you. Like a mustard bottle, which yeah. is not mayonnaise based. That is not mayonnaise based. Um, that is I mean, that's going to, that's going to be hopefully a good game. I did not pick it. Would you, what, what do you think about that? Would you go to that one? Oh, I, I love it. I, I, right now in February, I'd go to all 14 of these. I would go to Elon and Vanderbilt right now today. I would leave the show. It's not because of Elon or and Vanderbilt. Go to, <laughs> and go to a football game. Um, it, It's number, it's like in the top four or five for me. It's in the top five for me. Of week one, you know, again, we'll, there's a lot to like about Mississippi State. Mike Leach. Year three, Will Rogers, all kinds of records. I already mentioned all of this, but you, you mentioned the backstory from last year's game with the SEC officiating. There's a lot to like there about that game. And Starkville's a fun place to visit. <laughs> to visit. <laughs> I was first introduced um, when I went to Starkville. My friend, one of my friends from high school went there. She was on the dance team, Mississippi State. And she's like, you know, we have Boone's Farm in my room. I was like, what's that? Did not know what Boone's Farm was. Apparently, that was one of their drinks of choice because you could get it at the local Walmart. Um, I I will say that's Boone's Farm hangover is not a good hangover. Uh, Zero out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> yeah, no question. Uh, I'm yeah. in my I'm, I'm almost forty. I haven't even thought about that uh, in quite some time. Uh, first and last. All right. So what? So you didn't pick, you know, the the childhood team against the SEC opponent with a lot of cowbells. What, 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 what is the game you're most looking forward to? I had a hard time picking between Florida state LSU and new Orleans. Cause that's going to be insane. I wrote in big, just bold letters drunk. Cause that's going to be an insane <laughs> event. Um, but I netted out on uh, Cincinnati at Arkansas. Ooh. 
I had not, if I would have guessed five times, that would have been number five. Really? Yeah. Well, just with what Cincinnati is able to do last year, games at Arkansas are amazing. If you've never been to a game in Fayetteville, it's beautiful there. The stadium's like up on the mountain. You can kind of see from campus and look down into it. Um, you all know how I feel about Sam Pittman. Um, I also sure. think that this is going to be a rebuilding year for, for Cincinnati. Um, and I think Arkansas is lucky that it's not this exact same Cincinnati team that we saw last year. I think it still will be a test. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be um, complete trash by any means. But I will say, when it, if we're talking, this is kind of sort of off topic, but not really. Um, in 2018, I just kind of dug into Cincinnati recruiting just to see, um, you know, kind of how they fell like how they recruited in 2018 versus how they recruited this last year after everything that went. So in 2018, Cincinnati's recruiting class, AKA like the, the upper classroom that we just saw, if they stuck around, were 49th in the recruiting rankings and they're 42nd this year, which is that's, that's really low in the recruiting rankings for your upperclassmen and the people that were able, like part of pulling off what they pulled off this last year. Um, and I just think it's interesting because Obviously, Fickle is um, he's knows what to look for and knows how to put something together, and that's way harder than just knowing you're going to get four and five star kids um, recruiting kids. He's putting things together way more like a puzzle than any other coach. So um, it'll just be interesting to watch as they kind of rebuild and and see. It might be a rough start, but I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Oh, I, I I no, I don't think blowout is the right word. Now, I do like Arkansas. A lot too. this a lot this year. KJ Jefferson coming back uh, kept his coordinators. Like the, there feels like some stability. They got to replace Traylon Burks, of course, at wide receiver. But I, I like a lot what Arkansas has. And to your point, this being a home game versus a neutral site game, which we're going to talk about a couple other games that are neutral site games. That does take just it just takes all of the I don't know like the charm and the vibrancy out of the game for me. Like I just I, don't get me wrong. Like I'm really excited about LSU and Florida State. I'm really excited about Oregon and Georgia. Those are really exciting football games. But like, partly why I thought you might go Memphis, Mississippi State, is because it's in Starkville, and Starkville's just a better place to watch a game. Even if it's Starkville, it's still a way better place to watch a game than Atlanta and and Arlington, Texas. At least New Orleans has got some charm to it. Yeah, New Orleans is fun because everybody feels like they're on like a wild vacation, and it's an experience. <laughs> like, I don't want the Georgia in Atlanta thing just yeah, isn't doing it for me any right, right now. I've just seen, yeah, I'm all good on I, that. I, I kind of totally agree with you. There's a lot to love about the Georgia Oregon game. We'll yeah. Get it's it. yes. We'll get to it. But like, I'm with you. I, I kind of agree. Here's the thing about Cincinnati and Arkansas relative to some of these other games, uh, Cincinnati, you know, they're going to lose their star quarterback. They're going to lose NFL corners. They're going to replace a lot of guys. So they're rebuilding, but they're still going to be very good preseason top 25. I'm willing to bet you Cincinnati and Arkansas is definitely two ranked teams and mm -hmm. possibly could be two top 20 teams. I'm not sure LSU or Florida state are, is ranked. I'm not either. There's a good chance that Cincinnati at Arkansas is two ranked teams and LSU and Florida state features zero ranked teams. I just, That's crazy. I had not thought about that in that succinct of a way. I've said that word a couple of times today, but yeah, when you say it like that, it sounds insane. Also describing me as succinct, fairly insane. Yeah, that um, never been said before. So number one for me, thanks for asking, Utah <laughs> at Florida. That's number one for me.
because of a, a variety of reasons. I love we don't get to see Pac-12 SEC teams play very often in the regular season. Now there's been a few where like Tennessee played Oregon. You know, I think Washington went to LSU one year and you know Tennessee played UCLA and there's you know but like Bama USC takes place in in Arlington. It doesn't happen in a home field. Utah's a preseason top 10 potential team, one of the best offensive lines in America, a returning quarterback, one of the best coaches in America and Kyle Whittingham. And, and what is Billy Napier's team going to look like? Like that, that's, there's so much intrigue there. Yes. It's not as good as, you know, Cincinnati, Arkansas is a home field two top 25 teams. Oregon and Georgia is going to be the best, like actual two teams playing in a game. We'll get to that in Mm -hmm. a second. But if you tell me, you know, storylines, intrigue, home stadium, SEC versus Pac-12, a top 10 opponent on the road, because if Utah wins that game, they're set up for a potential playoff run. And yep. if Florida wins that game, then holy shit, Billy Napier's already beating top 10 teams in one week. So there's there, a lot to like there. Totally. And it's the bigger implications are, you know, if Utah is able to pull this off, what does it look like for them? Like you said, playoffs are over the course of the season. Does that mean we're going to see better Pac-12 football with things going on out West and it up leveling kind of over there in general? I will say what would make it even more impressive, which I had no idea that the numbers looked like this, but I was looking at Florida's roster just out of curiosity about upperclassmen, um, like what, how, what they have in terms of seniority and upperclassmen on their roster <laughs> out of the 99 players on Florida's roster, 19 juniors and two seniors. So 21, 21 upperclassmen out of 99. So if Billy Napier does pull this off, it's even more impressive than it. You know what? Like be. that, that's a nugget that I will keep with me the entire off season. And what it tells me is 2023. Mm-hmm. That's what it tells me it tells me a lot of those guys are going to be starting veterans in 2023. Yep. Listen, here's the other thing about new coaches it, at big schools. It doesn't take long. It, you know, Kirby smart had the bad year. I think they went like seven and six. I think, I think Vandy beat him in Athens. That I was year. there. And it's amazing. I'm, I think Isaiah McKenzie was used on like an end around and he got stopped on like a fourth down and Zach Cunningham is like a superstar in that game. It was Zach, um, yep. And and they were bad that year. They've been like nearly perfect ever since. Alabama 07, they lose to like Louisiana Monroe or Troy or whatever it is. And then they they're undefeated in the SEC championship game in 08. Urban Meyer national championship in his I think second or third season. <clears throat> it if you are great at a great school, it does not take a long time to get back to relevancy so we'll find out that's a great and, nugget great pull by you look at you doing research thank you um so that's what that leaves you is it 21 that leaves you 78 <laughs> players that have three or four years of eligibility uh, that's you're right that's going to be a stacked team um in 2023 Watching your, uh, watching you do the, that was slow math, the, wasn't that, it? And it, you know, what, you know, what, you know what the worst part was is for some reason, me staring at 19 and two felt harder than then subtracting 21 from 99, which is really insane. Yeah, Did I still you, mess it up? No, you got, no, no you got it right. Nine, uh, too, and I'm actually really good at math. So you're a big quantum physics person, but watching you do it in real time was pretty fun. That was fun. It wasn't um, very quick real time. Was it? LSU, Florida State, I just want to mention that, and this is a really important football note, 
you can go to Commander's Palace and drink 25 cent martinis. I have not been, have I been there? It's over in the Garden District. It's. Oh yeah, it, I've been to Commander's Palace. They have great brunch, right? Su super famous place. Uh, it's not like my favorite place to eat in New Orleans, not even by a mile. But yeah, because that's too that's too cliche for you. You have to put a hole in the wall. No, place no, it's you. great. It's great. Well, the chefs and holes in the wall in New Orleans are spectacular. Like po' um, boy hole in the wall. Yeah, almost as good as Jasper's, but it's right across from like the oldest cemetery like in the United States, which is yep. really really cool. Like above ground, it's a it's it's a really awesome place to go, uh, hang out. We went down to uh, uh, Tippy Tina's to watch. The Carolina Chocolate Drops play a show on Valentine's night, me and my wife one time, after having cocktails at Commander's Palace. However, I do not recommend the 25-cent martini lunch at Commander's Palace because you will embarrass your pregnant wife um, if you do that. And annoy her. <laughs> well, it was a co-bachelor bachelorette party in New Orleans. Weird. <laughs> it was like 25 people. Was that and fun or weird? We were along for the ride. I had a great time because my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, our first child, and... We had not told anybody yet. None of her best friends who were there had knew about it. Our parents didn't know about it. And I was drinking all of my feelings <laughs> about becoming a father. <laughs> and then Haley's like, really? I'm the one carrying this child and have to sit here in sobriety. And, and who's, who serves 25 cent martinis for a dollar? You can get shit housed for That's a dollar. Like so dangerous. Wow. So, so LSU Florida State fans. Two of the classiest fan bases in college football. I mean, I told you my notes, first thing, first Roman numeral, <laughs> drunk in all caps. Can you? I, no. Whatever you're about to say, no. Walking, because one of her other best friends was pregnant on this trip too. And mm -hmm. the two of them had to like walk through the quarter while like the other 22 people were like drunk in the quarter. And the smells of the quarter. That's bad math too, but it's okay. <laughs> There's like there was like 24 and 20 and two were pregnant. Whatever. I don't I don't remember exactly how many people were there. Okay. Point is is that her and her best friend were both pregnant. They didn't. We nobody knew Haley was pregnant, but just having to walk through the quarter pregnant with all your senses all twisted and ooh and smells up, drive you crazy. Oh my god. Apparently, and it smells like just horrible vomit. But good I for had, Haley. I, I already a, know she was a patient person, but jeez. Yes. It, it was, and it was her, it, I was long for, it was her best friends that were getting married. Not, not mine. So I didn't ask her to do that. <laughs> At least it's, that's better. Yes. I, but the first day, uh, I, I took a, I took a big L on the first day. No, no I don't know how, do you recover from that? Did you? Yeah. 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 Just fine. I hope it's, it wasn't like horrible vodka. Was it gin you're drinking? No, no, I don't, I don't drink gin martinis. Um, Vodka. Well, it, it's it was house vodka. It was not not good vodka. They, you, you can't make money off twenty five cent martinis if it's if good it's vodka. bad. Yeah, because you're just like now you're just taking a shot of Everclear. Yeah, exactly. Or um, Burnett's. So, so this was our analysis of the LSU Florida State game. Um, I, I'm with you though on the two party schools in New Orleans, and it's a Sunday night before yeah. a Monday Labor Day, so no school, no work the next day. Drunk needs to be capitalized and underlined because that will be fun. I'm just not sure how good the football is going to be between those two teams. Oh my gosh. Well, as you can see, we'll see Godfrey. Maybe I'll venture down, do that. Visit it'll my family. It'll be Godfrey's wife. I have wife. a bunch of family in the in uh, New Orleans too. It'll be Godfrey's but wife and like his, all of his in-laws just. That would not be the weekend I picked. I'm sure the game's <laughs> going to be fun, but like, I'm actually all set. It's called, that's called like trashier Mardi Gras. <laughs> Maybe not trashier, but the sportier. The only thing I can think of that would be like if you put Arizona State against Florida State, 
in Orlando. <laughs> not tra- not Wilder. I you don't think so? I think Arizona State. I know how crazy those two places are, but Orlando is not nearly as drunk as no, but New Orleans. But there's character to the drunkenness in New Orleans. There's history. There's there's culture. There's music. There's there's an opportunity for like uh, what did you just call it? Drunkness. What did you say? It was craftier culture. More there, there's more character in New Orleans. Oh, than there is in there's Orlando. A, I think at some point the amount of drunk makes it okay. Maybe not a lot of character and just really drunk. But what if you just did those two schools in New Orleans? That would be the wildest that, thing you could think of. Yeah, I was going to say tweet us at 440 Sports at Braden Gall at the Aaron Dugan. I want to know what the trashiest matchup in college football would be and where. I like that game because I, I, I it's got to be Arizona State and Florida State. It's got to be those two. I can't think of a trashier combination. And Is I my... get out of respect and and wishing that 18 year old me would have gone to one of those two schools, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, no, not 39 year old me, 18 year old me. No, I know. I'm I'm sure you would have, especially when you see the the girl to guy uh, ratio at Arizona <laughs> State is and the hotness difference is probably is apparently very, very. Um, uh, yes, David. David Hasselhoff agrees. Uh, I, I just you get it. I just think Orlando, like, I can't think of a place I like less than Orlando. (laughs) It's just not as inherently drunk. You're right. You're right. What is as as drunk as New Orleans? Like, nothing. Yeah, very few. College campuses. Very few. Tempe. Yeah. Arizona. Tallahassee. Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Honestly, Baton Rouge is... Baton Rouge is pretty close. Um, I'm not sure Keep what to say about, family. I'm not sure what to say about the game. Otherwise, other, other than it will completely sort of, it will begin to define, you know, Florida state's got Mike Norvell. They're trying to rebuild LSU. They've got some talent. They're trending in the right direction, but they're not close to what Florida state's used to being. LSU they did have Brian good transfer Kelly. rankings though. They do. Brian they Kelly's do. bringing people with them. And, and so we'll see. I, it, it, that's a game LSU needs to win in Brian Kelly's debut. That's what that feels like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Oregon and Georgia in Atlanta. This one's got all kinds of storylines. You got Dan Lanning, the new head coach at Oregon, of course, the former defensive coordinator under Georgia. You got Bo Nix, who's played against Georgia his entire career, who's now mm-hmm. it looks like going to be the starting quarterback. He's going to battle with Ty Thompson for the starting gig at Oregon. On the field, I think this is two of the best seven or eight teams in college football. So on the field, it is hard not to say that this is not the best and most important and most interesting game that could propel Oregon to a playoff berth or propel Georgia to a playoff berth, depending on what happens afterwards. So it's by far the most important game, but you're so right. I hadn't thought about it that way. Just Georgia university of Georgia in Atlanta. I've just feel like I've seen it so many times. I just need a break from it. That's so I just unfair. need a break from it. I know. And it's, it's like the, undeniably the most important and best matchup of week one. I'm just hashtag over it. I just need a break from Georgia and Atlanta. I don't like, and it's not, again, I'm a, we both feel the same way about games on college campuses. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm just whatever, but I am interested to see, um, well, the Dan Lanning thing is interesting for many reasons, as is the Bo Nix uh, factor to all of this. But if, you know, if if Dan Lanning can make a serious positive impact on Oregon's defense, and as we watch as we move towards college playoff expansion, this could be an interesting preview of something that we could see in years to come if 
or soon if Oregon starts trending in the direction that they could, if all these pieces fall together. And it will be interesting to see if Bo Nix has a potential that uh, we saw hints of, but we just never really got to see it play totally out because of too many other compounding variables uh, on the planes per usual. So it'll be interesting to see if he just has this whole nother level that he can turn on if all the pieces are right. Um, I think from a Georgia perspective, it is a great matchup because it's an experienced quarterback and one of the best offensive lines you're going to play against all season right out of the gate with your completely reworked defensive front. Now, very talented, but a lot of guys gone off that Georgia defense. It is a great challenge for that group right out of the gate. Now, I also think, well, I think there's every now, every year there's teams that I start to like get that itch for like in February and then when we put the magazines together at Athlon Sports in like April, I'm like, okay, I'm buying in a little bit more. And then summer camp rolls around and I'm like, okay, I think. And Kentucky was like really high on my list last year of these teams. Oregon is a team that I really am starting to like when I study their depth chart. They got a ton of NFL talent. They've recruited at a high level. They've got a veteran quarterback, a great offensive line. I, I think landing, there won't be a dip from the coaching change because it's a veteran team. I don't know what that means for Oregon long-term, but I think – I think this is a great challenge for Georgia right out of the gate. And I would not be surprised if Oregon plays very well in that game. I'm with I, you. I, I, Oregon's going to be like preseason, like number 15. I'm telling you, I think they're like preseason number seven. Like, I think they should be, um, I think people are already sleeping on Oregon and I'm already beating the drum. So there you have it. Uh, Oregon. And also Georgia recruited, and recruited very well. Obviously that will take a couple of years to yep. really make a difference, but yeah, going in the right direction for sure. Um, Utah State at Alabama. That should be a bloodbath. Why are you asking me about that, Braden? Well, Utah State won 11 games, a conference championship under Blake Anderson last year. And it's a hell of a team. Hell of a team. Um, it's not yeah. a write-off game. Sometimes if you if you looked at that on paper in years past, you'd be like, oh, okay, just skim uh, yeah, over Utah, it. But. Utah State. Remember, remember, Utah State, I believe, came to Auburn and almost beat a very good Auburn team with Chucky Keaton, I believe, who was the quarterback a couple of years ago. So when actually two years ago, uh, point is that's an interesting challenge for Alabama, no risk of losing, but it's interesting. Ole Miss, Kentucky and Tennessee. They're all at home. Ole Miss is going to host Troy with new head coach, uh, John Summerall, of course, from Kentucky, Kentucky will host Miami of Ohio. Tennessee will host ball state. All three of those teams will be very heavily favored in those games. But I find them interesting because Tennessee and Kentucky, both, you know, established quarterbacks, established teams coming back, you know, two games are supposed to win in home openers. Ole Miss is breaking in a new quarterback without Matt Corral. So there's some intrigue there. That's why I would put those three sort of next on the list. Anything in there? Catch your eye. Not really. You and I briefly talked about those and it's like you should win those. If you if you don't, you're heading down a probably pretty dark path. If any of those three uh, games are not don't come out with an SEC victor. So um, I think we can write them off until we can't, unless something goes horribly awry. At Auburn at home against Mercer. Okay, it's just Auburn, which makes Auburn interesting because they're interesting inherently, but that, that's not an interesting game. Sam Houston State at Texas A&M. I can get on board for that one because I I, I also floated this theory. I'm, I'm, I'm workshopping this one as well. Jimbo Fisher had a very talented, very young quarterback take him to a national championship in the past. That was Jameis Winston. And he's going to have a very talented, very young and experienced quarterback again with one of the best rosters in America. So what does that quarterback look like? That's that whoever wins that battle, whether it's a true freshman or Haynes King or whatever, 
Jimbo Fisher sort of done this before. I think people are going to write off Texas A&M because of their quarterback question. Florida State didn't know who their quarterback was going to be until Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback and winning the national title in the Heisman. So, and then, yep. and then he went into Publix. Anyway, uh, Georgia, Georgia State at South Carolina. Okay, not bad. Let's find out about Spencer Rattler. That'll be interesting. I don't yeah. know what Georgia State looks like. No, nobody does. Okay. Literally, no one has seen them play football. Okay. Uh, Louisiana Tech at Missouri. Big year for for Eli Drinkwitz. They need to take all the, that recruiting prowess and, and sort of turn it into actual results. And then Elon at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt could be 2-0 and on September be, 3rd. Talk about a refreshing change of pace. Please. All right. So my wife's pregnant stories about being around me drunk and football games from week one. I have trouble with math. Braden has trouble with boners. <laughs> Listen, all you guys out there listening, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I don't know know how to transition this one. (laughs) Anyways, this has been Fringe Element. (laughs) I'm very good at transitioning normally. Uh, I didn't make it easy right then. No, that was quite hard. Thank you. But you you made that joke. You you teed it up. So yeah, competition is stiff on the program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I okay, going? I gotta go. I stop. <laughs> yeah, I uh, gotta go. Everybody, tell everybody where they can find you and what they should do if they want to watch this episode. Um, you should go to YouTube if you want to watch the episode. Subscribe. Um, it will not just blow up your YouTube channel. Just hit subscribe. And if you hate it, you can unsubscribe, but at least give it a shot. Um, YouTube. And then you can find me on Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan or Twitter, the Aaron Dugan on Twitter. You can get to me at Braden Gall at 440 sports on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that great stuff as well. Please share the show, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff that we ask you to do. It really means a whole lot to us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it's why you guys are why we do it. And um, the show has been growing for the last 18 months or so. And we really appreciate you guys hanging around with us. And um, that's why we're trying to make it more, more entertaining every single time we do it. So special thanks to you, Aaron, for putting the uh, YouTube stuff together. So check all of that out. Check out the socials as well. Thank you guys all for listening. Go to Jaspers because Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers, the great folks over on West End in Nashville, the next evolution of the sports bar, free parking, and great food. Great place to watch any sporting event of any kind. For Aaron Dugan, my name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. Sorry for everything. <laughs> <laughs>